1: Welcome to All 4 Downs. I am Joe McGuire. We'll bring the rest of our uh, group of uh, participants in in just a little bit. And I have a really good talk today here on All 4 Downs. First and foremost, uh, one of the big topics of discussion is Drew Brees, who made some comments that many people believe are controversial. We're going to dive into that, the reason why uh, and whether or not He should have said what he said. Now, Drew Brees has issued an apology. I'm going to read it. I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates, the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. They lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth and is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. This is where I stand. I stand with the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality and support the creation of real policy change that will make a difference. I condemn the years of oppression that have taken place throughout our black communities and still exists today. I acknowledge that we as Americans, including myself, have not done enough to fight for the equality or to truly understand the struggles and plight of the black community. I recognize that I am part of the solution and can be a leader for the black community in this movement. I will never know what it's like to be a black man or raise black children in America, but I will work every day to put myself in those shoes and fight for what is right. I have always been an ally, never an enemy. I am sick about the way my comments were perceived yesterday, but I take full responsibility and accountability. I recognize that I should do less talking and more listening, and when the black community is talking about their pain, we all need to listen. For that, I am very sorry, and I ask your forgiveness. Powerful words from Drew Brees. Um, Clearly what he said uh, was an opinion. I uh, look forward to bringing our panel in because uh, his comments were certainly controversial, but um, I'm not quite sure he said what people think Drew Brees said. Uh, it seems what Drew Brees was saying was he would never support anybody disrespecting the flag. And I believe Colin Kaepernick and Malcolm Jenkins and any of the outspoken NFL players would probably agree with him. Uh, again, that was never the intent of those protests. It was never about the flag. It was never about the troops. It was literally about police brutality. And here we are. Uh Dealing with this situation, it's blown up all around the country. Um, Drew Brees said what he said. His teammates came out, they were all very angry. Uh, we've seen responses from LeBron James, we've seen responses from uh people all over the sport, um, and 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 throughout uh, all sports. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, amongst many, uh, teammate Michael Thomas. Uh, expressed his utter disappointment in uh, what really were tone-deaf comments on the part of Drew Brees.
2: Well, I, I will, I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me, let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go, but I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together we can all do better, and that we are all part of the solution.
1: Welcome to All 4 Down. This is First Down. I'm Joe McGuire, along with Jay Green, Tyler Bard, J.J. Varkas, Hector Vasquez, and Trevor Keys from Keys to the City. Now, guys, first and foremost, look, Drew Brees apologized for what he said. Um, th- this, to me, is just a, it- its a white man uh, who doesn't have the black perspective who's making the comments that um, look it, it, let me ask let me start off with this does anybody here hate America? No 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 sir um, right so so we're all we're all on the same page and, and whether you support the NFL players oh. kneeling uh, which I have from the word go uh, whether you think it's not the right place or time for it whatever whatever your your thoughts are on that, Probably today, not the day, or, or yesterday, not, not really the day to make those feelings known. Uh, it, it showed an incredible tone deafness, but this is a man who I think is just lacking perspective. For him, uh, it, it feels special to be standing there with his teammates, with the, with the anthem playing, because that means a lot to him. And I think, guys, uh, what, what he doesn't seem to grasp is that his teammates don't hear that song and feel the same thing in their heart because of hundreds of years of oppression in this country and really you know to to see michael thomas and to see doug baldwin and some of the some of the reactions uh, uh to to what drew Brees said i'm I'm glad he was quick to apologize drew Brees is a good guy we know he's done a lot of charity work in the past but this was this was stupid and this was not helpful and you know can this be turned into a learning moment, I guess, is the big question. Uh, Jay Green, you're a regular on all four downs. Why don't we start with you? Tell me, tell me how you took Drew Brees' comments and what you thought about the, the uh, backlash.
3: Um, when I first heard the comments, to be honest, I was, I was taken back a little bit because I thought, you know, Drew Brees and himself, I have a lot of respect for Drew Brees. Um, my family's from the New Orleans area and from Louisiana. So I personally know, like, just a few, few weeks ago, he gave $5 million. That's one of the biggest donations for the COVID, COVID situation down there in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. He was very instrumental in recovering from uh, Hurricane Katrina. Um, you know, uh-huh. His voice was big out there, you know, and a lot of the people respected him. But I just think when he made those comments, he was out of touch at the time. <laughs> it just He was just totally out of touch. And it, it kind of seems that like you shouldn't be cause that was 10 days, pretty much 10 days after the, everyone saw the video, we don't have to go back into it, like <clears throat> nobody knows it. Um, yeah. but to make those comments now, and to see all of the means that we did see where Kaepernick took a knee. And of course the officer taking the knee, you know, for him to be that blinded, blinded by it, you know, I, and you know, and I know I was listening to um, skip and Shannon this morning and, um, Skip brought up the fact, you know, he's from Austin, Texas. So he's, he's from a privileged background, you know, both mom and dad were both attorneys, so he knows certain things, but you know, I know his, his, his grandparents, he was very proud of his <coughs> grandparents, Um, his grandfather who fought in World War II, but to make those comments. And I've always often wondered that when I used to hear individuals saying that you're taking in your disrespecting vets, I'm a vet myself, you know, so. You know, I know there were a lot of individuals that fought since the history of this country, since the Revolutionary War, fought in every single war. So for him to make those comments, you know, it kind of made everyone think like even LeBron James was like he talked about his uncle. How, you know, he talked Mm -hmm. about how Captain's uncle fought in the war. How did he feel about it? You know, so a lot of people didn't bring those 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 points up. But, you know, with Drew Brees, I just think he just was out of touch at that time. But Demario Davis you know, this morning said he forgives him. I mean, and as a man to another man, I forgive him. I have nothing against him. I don't know him personally, but, you know, he's got a lot of healing to do. He's got a lot of work to do because the community in New Orleans is upset with him.
4: Yeah. Jay, do you, do you like agree with, I've seen people saying F Drew Brees, burning the jersey. Like, do you think, do you think people feel like this is, this is what they should be doing? Is this right? I mean, Drew Brees is so beloved in New Orleans, and I know he's out. he was out of touch with it. It was the terrible timing, and on a personal level, Joe, when this first happened four years ago, me, you, and Ted, before the show, because you had your political show, we used to get into serious arguments about this. And you know how I, I, how I felt about it at the time. Well, my narrative has changed. To be honest, I can't even watch the George Floyd video because it gets me anger. It makes me want to Go through that cop, throw him to the ground, even attack him. It just—it's—it's it's tragic. It, it really is to see that video for just the five seconds that I really got to see. I couldn't watch nine minutes of that because it is truly tragic to see a helpless man losing his life because of an idiotic cop.
0: Hey, you know, let JJ- me jump into that real quick. I'm sorry, Joe. No, um, no. You're right. It, it bothered me uh initially i thought it was, it was a uh, an event that happened in the past and when i relooked at the video and everything and caught up with the news i was like oh man here we go another incident and clearly clearly you know that that was murder um and i know we don't want to recap everything in the video but to let all the, the the viewers and the listeners know about this look as a prior military and we all train the same way when it comes to dealing with people making that red, detain, detainees and everything else. Once you put the cuffs on them, the the number one rule is safeguard. And I don't understand why people never mentioned that on television. The mean is not saying that stuff because this is old stuff. You know, we all get trained the same way. You put cuffs on somebody. Safeguard, swiftly take them away and deal with deal with that person at the station or at the designated area. Not the yep. way it happened in Minnesota, and that bothers me because nobody has the decency to say that 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 is the proper procedure. Everybody's quiet about procedures. Why? It's textbook. If you, you can get it online, you can find out yourself how how you properly arrest somebody.
1: You know, look, I, here's the thing, though, and I think this is really important. Um, this idea that, you know, that these protests are all, or that the problem in this country is all based on the idea of police brutality, it's even worse than that. Um, you know, Jay, I'm sure you could probably speak on this better than anybody. I'm going to do it for just a minute, but if you look at the rate of, uh, African Americans securing business loans, student loans, home loans, college loans, um, it, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, there is definitely a systemic racism problem in this country, and it's based on in many times, your appearance. And that is part really to me, part of the bigger picture here is we can focus on the riots and we could focus on the police brutality element, but there's so much more to this that that African Americans and really minorities in this country um, have not gotten a fair shake. You know, Drew Brees talked about his grandfather serving in the war, and and and, uh, Michael Thomas um, mentioned his grandfather served too. Didn't come back to her heroes' welcome. You know, you guys want to talk about inequality? How about all those World War II guys, all these black airmen who came back over after serving their country? Do you know who got you know who got the GI Bill? The white soldiers. Right. Okay. So these guys came back from war, and and right off the bat, baby, it wasn't going to be fair. It was never meant to be fair. Thanks for your service. Back to the bus, and, and 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 that's the way it's been in this country. You know, Will Smith said, I think really great the other day. Racism is not more prevalent. We're just recording it now. Yes. And
3: it's, and it's absolutely. And it's got to change. One
1: hundred.
4: One hundred percent.
3: I did want to just kind of address back because I know Kiza asked me the question about, you know, burning Drew's jersey and all that. No, nah, I mean, no, but like those people, like I said, everyone was hurt. And I think it was just the initial jerk reaction. Stunned. Tapping. They were like, sh- they were yeah, shocked. They were by stunned because they that was the last person they, they kind of expected they would say something like that because they always yeah, really had their back.
4: He's been like kind of a savior since signing with the Saints yeah. for all those years. And for to somebody, they look up to him as one of their respectable mm-hmm. higher up it's not even just players football sports player but just in general and they look at this guy as like a hero and then you see something like that it's like what what just you happened know, is this true Brees really saying this but the yeah. thing is
0: is that i don't think his intent was to no. be oh, like no. white white superior or anything like yeah. that i don't think his his content was any type of racism uh i see jj vargas he's hyped up like <laughs> want to breathe more. Um, Jay, go ahead, man. If you guys say something, go ahead, man. Yeah, listen, when it comes to Drew
5: Brees, I think that he did what every American knows the right is to do, which is freedom of speech and express their opinion, you yes. know, regardless of the backlash. And he did. You know, I just think that his comments at the moment were just at the wrong time. And it really looks like, you know, as he said, it just missed the mark by a lot, you know, especially when it comes to the flag and, and how it connects to the protest and how people tend to confuse Kaepernick's kneeling with, you know, the respect to the military and to the country, when in reality, it really is, you know, to show awareness of the mass murder of these unarmed black men throughout the country. And they kind of get swept under the, the rug or just don't get the recognition that they should, you know, and unfortunately for Jewel Brees, you know, he needs to understand that, you know, he is the quarterback of the state of Louisiana, which is a predominantly, Black state, you know everybody knows of how great he was since he arrived to the Saints. You know he was there after Hurricane Katrina. He was able to rally the team to a championship and really played a big part in the rebuilding of that community. And he will always be beloved by that. And it sucks that such an NFL legend, you know, I think we all agree, it's a future Hall of Famer. He has all the numbers in the books. He's won in almost every category. I think Brady Brady chose him. You know, he's trying to catch up to him. But, you know, maybe he will with those Tampa Bay weapons, but that's just yet to be known. He has Michael Thomas, and they can still make a lot of noise. But, you know, to to stay on topic, you know, uh, he was in his right. It's just bad timing, you know, and I know a lot of people are going to look at Drew Brees differently, especially maybe around the NFL and especially in that locker room, and it really makes you think how is this team going to go into the new season you know, with this with this Bruin in there, we all know that, the, yeah. uh, that comes short of playoff uh, Super Bowl appearances.
6: A big NFL problem, football. too, JJ. There's a huge problem with how people interpret freedom of speech is you can go ahead and say whatever you want, but you can't get upset when I respond. Because people are so like, what, so I can't have a different opinion? I'm like, no, you can, but your opinion may suck. And I'm going to tell you that your opinion sucks. I'm not going to sit here quietly and tell you that your all lives matter or your blue lives matter means more than my black lives matter. Because if you can't say black lives matter, but you can say all lives matter, I have a problem with that. And that's coming from a white American with all white relatives except people who have married into my family. I do have black family who's married into my family. I just find it absolutely outrageous that people will post something and then when I respond, I they're they're blown away that I they're like, Well you're infringing so, upon my first amendment right. I'm like, no I'm not Ty,
4: that's the problem. You, you, like anytime you do a different opinion or say something different than somebody else feels, it's it's going to cause somebody to say something. That's that's what the platform of social media has given us. And it's for the good, but it's also for the bad. And
6: that's yeah, you people. can't expect people to just sit, sit idly by when you state your opinion and not get attacked if they disagree with you. It's going to happen. And yeah. you're posting on in a place where everyone can see what you've just said.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
6: it, social media has been pretty we're toxic. Missing,
0: the keyword word we're missing, and Hector, you and I have battled each other when it comes to <laughs> baseball, right? You're a Yankee fan, my Red Sox fan. We trash talk all the time. But the one thing that we know that at the end of the day we don't have nothing but respect, and I think oh, that's what we that's, that's, that's what that. it's missing there's no, here. there's is no that,
4: respect with one another
0: you have respect I mean let, let me back it up real quick um no matter what the differences is, I respect you for what you believe, you respect the way I believe, and we just carry out our business. I don't have to attack you just because you think red is blue. You know, I'm not going to curse you out and then throw you under the bus. That's, that's not how you do things. And I think when people start putting their uh, political views into place, people don't take a timeout and say, hey, you know what? I understand your view. I got it. Blah, blah, blah. And move on. You know, it's not about being a Democrat. It's not being a Republican or independent or everything else like that. It's just you got to believe what you got to believe. And that's it. That's why we vote. We, we vote every single year. You know, Ovi, hold on
6: one second though cuz I respect your right to have an opinion, but I will not respect your opinion if it is disrespectful or racist. I do oh. not respect those opinions. I get what I get what yes. you meant, yeah. but it was the yes. the wording of that was yeah. uh, you can have your opinion but I'm not going to respect it if you're disrespecting someone else in the meantime.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I'm not going to say profanity or any derogatory terms just to get into your skin and make make myself try to be better. Which technically, when you do exactly. that, you, you just look like you're uneducated.
6: Yeah, exactly. And Hector served in the army too uh, with the armed forces. So I I'm curious to see you know what Hector's thinking here. We haven't heard much from you yet, buddy.
7: Yeah, you know, and I'm listening to everybody, and I think everybody has a great point. As an American, as a veteran, and I'm even going to take it a step further, as a Christian, I know people have heard this saying, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. We as an American country, we have a lot of ignorance. There's not a lot of education going on. A lot of people want to speak, but not a lot of people want to hear. Okay, so yeah, I get it. You know, let let us agree to disagree. Everybody has their opinion. We have been given that freedom and there's still people out there fighting for that uh, freedom to continue because there are at least 56, 57 different other countries out in this world that don't have the freedom that we have like other countries do. So what Drew Brees did, it was a mistake. Okay. What, who hasn't made a mistake in their life? As an NFL fan, I forgive him. I still got his jersey right here. And I'll still support him as an NFL player and me as a fan. So, yeah, you know, we just have to know how to approach these situations. And with everything right now, it's a very sensitive subject. So we wow. have to know how to approach these things.
1: You know, real quick, look, one of my favorite things in, about this country and, and the way we react to things is, and you guys are all, I think, hitting this on the head. Look, Drew Brees said something stupid, was um, clearly affected by his teammates uh, and, and other players around the league and, and obviously other sports figures weighing in and, and, and really kind of opening up his eyes. <laughs> and, yeah. And then he apologized, and, and look, you know – not to get sidetracked, but I've said about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, hey, say you're sorry. Same thing with Pete Rose. Admit you made a mistake, say you're sorry, and I guarantee people will forgive you. you that's what that. this country is all about. When, yep. when you can own up to saying something and starting a conversation, I think this could become an incredibly good learning moment. But this I think like,
4: it, that's the problem is that no matter what his apology, you're still going to lose that credibility with players, people, in general. I mean – It's just going to happen. Now people are always going to have that view, no matter what he said and his apology. Some people accept it. Some people are not. And he'll have that. And that's what happens. He loses the credibility because he is one of the big names in the NFL. We've been waiting for people like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, the biggest names in the game that are Caucasian. We need them to speak up. And use your platform yeah you say you say
0: use the platform and i and i understand that but there are many that delayed okay delayed to speak up
3: you know let me let me kind of let me kind of interject on something because i i kind of noticed something prior before about the individuals that did speak up because i heard carson went speak up i heard zach hurt speak up yes um joe burrow speak up if you kind of notice something look at their ages Yep. Yes,
6: these young guys,
3: it's yeah. the younger generation, generation. So bringing my
6: generation here, yeah,
3: right? So, if there's going to be a change, a real change that's going to have to happen, it's going to be with the younger generation. Because when I see the protest, I see more white kids protesting than I see black kids. You should and have I seen think, my town, Jay. I see, I saw Torrington, I saw, I mean, and I was impressed, and I was like, wow, you know, so that's who's going to make this change because. I think with social media and the videos over the years that people have been able to have been subjected to, it's changing them. It's changing the younger generation. Absolutely. They understand what's been going on for 400 years. And this is nothing new because I come from the generation where Rodney King was, that was my, that was my wake up call. See, I started Rodney King video, Joe, you remember that. Hell so yeah you know prior to that i used to sit in in elementary school and watch the videos of the dog you know the hoses on people in the 68 when the civil rights mark so i thought in my mind at point in time well it's gone you know racism's kind of gone. we were cool and then the reality was the rodney king video so now yep. it's the same thing with your generation now you kind of had a chance to see, and it kind of it filled out we got obama in office everyone kind of thought that racism died out and then all of a sudden um, it was just suppressed, get, my man. Yep. We get, you know, all of the shootings that started to be advertised. And that's where we were like, whoa, hold on. So I admire this younger generation because right now they're taking a stand and they're saying enough is enough. And I hope that they continue to do it because the more action we see, less lip service, more action, we're going to make we'll get to the, what this country is all about for real. Thank you. Yeah, Actually, hey, speak hey. louder than words.
1: Real quick, before we go to uh before we go to second down and, and talk about who should be held accountable for, for all of this, uh Teddy Keys, thank you so much for joining the show, man. I appreciate it. I know you're uh kinda on location, so uh much appreciated. <laughs> if you want I know you've been listening, if you want to kind of weigh in before we move on to second down, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this.
8: No, I just I, listen, you got the biggest thing is like you said before, is everyone's just gotta listen. You know, I posted something yesterday on a video. Some people who are friends. We might have seen it. It was a military guy who was being antagonized by an African-American guy who knew that the cameras were on, that he couldn't do anything. And I kind of took offense to it. Now, I didn't say anything that's going on is wrong, but that video in particular took offense to me. Now, and if you saw my Facebook, we, I seemed like I brought a very good dialogue because we had a lot of comments from ex-classmates, white, black, all over. And I had one of my old teammates who was African-American, and we had a long-ass discussion about how things go about in this country. And if you see the discussion, it was like, okay, listen, this is the video that took offense to me because it was a military guy. I said I had nothing wrong with the protest. I said, listen, I might be ignorant. I said, you know, I come from a world where the way how I was raised, where I'm from – you treated people with respect, didn't matter, color, race, whatsoever. Now, I understand that that's me. That's not how everyone works. And then, you know, I posted something afterwards saying, you know, I feel like today's social media, I think it's the best of the world. I think in today's world, you get social media is good because we're able to do stuff like this, right? But the other thing is it gives everyone else a platform to really put their opinion out there. And all it does is cause controversy sometimes. You know what I mean? There's I mean, there's more yeah. good than there's bad. You lose friendships. And the problem is everyone's opinion, they, they look at it as their opinion is more important than someone else's. And I think it causes more conflict sometimes at the end than really helping out the problem. And, you know, I didn't really have a problem with Drew Brees, what he said, because what I took in perspective was he was talking about the flag and what it meant to him. He didn't say, and because I read the whole thing, he didn't say that because you're kneeling, it's a bad thing. And if you go back and look at the Photoshop when he played in London, he actually took a kneel with his teammates while the anthem was playing.
4: I think it's just, a, I think it's just bad timing. Per- of I mean, course, everything's was, bad timing. horrible I think timing. The best really
8: thing that happened is, it bro- what he did is, listen, a lot of people take it offensive. But if anything, it brought dialogue. Okay. Maybe it opened up another avenue that we didn't look at it. And it helps him out and helps other athletes out. And because he's such a major part of the NFL and his community of New Orleans, it might open up some other eyes that a lot of people didn't see beforehand. So, no, Teddy, I Teddy, that's, brought better you made a great point.
6: You made a great point about social media but I I appreciate that th- the same thing that you said could be divisive about social media because people behind the keyboard they put their first thought forward and I don't want to know your articulated thought I want to know exactly what you're thinking because you think behind a keyboard sometimes you're not going to get that same you're not going to get that face to face reaction but no, now I see you I still say, see what you're thinking
1: got to jump in here and 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 say this look Everyone's got a, got a right to an opinion, obviously, and there's times where you should express that opinion, and there's times where you shouldn't. This was not the time for Drew Brees to to comment on that particular thing, especially when he couldn't be any less accurate about what he had said about you know again the idea that 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 protest had anything at all to do with the anthem or the flag. Right. I mean, it that's that's a ludicrous thought. Um, and and so look Can I say one more thing after ahead, you're done No uh, after you're done Okay look you know uh, people people want to post On Facebook and that's fine Here's here's the thing you know I don't know if you guys saw This some of the most Ridiculous and, and disgusting thing I've seen was this George Floyd Challenge going around on TikTok Oh god uh, among, uh, Worst among the, thing I've ever among seen The totally also most, the
4: younger generation.
1: The most the tone problem. deaf Privileged <laughs> Stupid people in the world that could look at this, given the situation we're in, and make a joke about it is ridiculous. So, look, I understand everyone has social media and everyone feels like they need to weigh in. Hey, newsflash, you don't. You could sit there quietly, keep your mouth shut, and just take it all in. I, I promise you, if you don't comment on your fourth-grade buddy's post, <laughs> the world's not going to end, Okay everything's you know you're not gonna fix it with your great post about how we should all be equal because look and i hear this argument from guys on the right all Mm -hmm. the time and it pisses me off to no end i used to think this way i used to feel this i i read statistics and i learned facts that it's not as simple as that okay that that people who are not white in this country generally speaking, don't even come close to having the same experience that we do and to be so tone deaf that these, these people, I hate to say that word, these people, my apologies, I don't mean it like that, but the idea that, that black people in America have been telling you for a long time, Jay brought up, you know, we, we lived through the L.A. riots, man. We lived through that. There was some crazy times. Here we are 20 years later, and what's different? Nothing. It's like, no, it's, no, no, no. That's so not true. Things, Joe, things, things, things have gotten a
8: little bit better. Now, this a is a really bad time. situation because – and I'm saying this with perspective. Go back 40 years ago. It's a lot better than it was 40 years ago, okay? Mm-hmm. You're able to go to the same restaurant. Yeah, and you're able that. to do certain things that you weren't thinking. Listen, that's I know a, it's a yeah, touchy line. So, I think I'll be long gone before it's ever perfect, okay? But – the way I look at it, because somebody was like, "You got to talk about four hundred years." Listen, you're not going to be able to erase four hundred years of oppression, but what you can do is you can correct the future. Okay, you we can't change the, the past, but you can correct the future. And that I'm just saying, possible. you're not going to be able to change everyone, Jay, but if you, you can want to change one on person, yeah. it might make yeah. a difference. Go ahead, Jay.
3: Just real quick, because um, you know, it, everybody's we have a good. Everybody's got great opinions. I love what everybody's saying if you kind of want to get a grasp of what's going on, I heard, if I'd hear the comment, um, there's a rapper named Killer Mike. Yes, um, Killer, Killer Mike. Mike. Yeah, Killer Mike had, he was talking, and he said, if you really want to grasp the experience of what black people are going through in this country, to constantly hear it from me as a black man, you know, it kind of gets, like, redundant after a while because I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall all the time just kind of saying what what, we're, what I'm going through. You got to kind of learn from your the face that you see. So he hey, said... Man. Look at Jane Elliott's Brown Eye Blue Eye experiment. She's an educator for 20 years. She first started yes. doing that experiment the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated. She said that he made such an impact on her and her class that she yep. wanted to make a change immediately. So she's been educating and doing this for years. So if you want to know exactly what it's about, and from a, from a white perspective, telling you how racism is, you got to look at herself because I mean that she's the best as far as I learned from her and I was going through it. <laughs> I'm going through it. I live it. You know, uh, I know Hector, probably he lives it. I know he sees it. Obi, we go through it. We all go through it. We're going through it. I mean, there's times when I know because we learn things and what we learn, we can unlearn. She said, we can teach our kids in 20 years. We can eradicate racism starting at kindergarten through and 12th grade. Go. We Jay- can get rid of it.
4: And if you want to just say, I know you want to get in the second down. There's your answer right there for who's held accountable for this. You're absolutely Everything, right. It's, it's not, it, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I know we're going to, talk, it's about people want to say the politics, understandable, whatever. You have an opinion. It all starts at home. If you're not taught the right way, that's why you have these issues. It's absolutely right. I, and my dad has always said that. He said it about sports and he continuously says it. And that's why me and my brother- we are white men, males, but we, we're going to respect you because we were brought up that way by our parents. And anybody that knows us, trust, trust me, you can ask what kind of family we are. We're all about love. We're all about respect. And it starts at home. It's not anything else. It starts at home because if it doesn't, guess what? You're never going to solve it. Plain and simple.
1: Listen, you, you, you bring us into a really good point. Uh, Denver's head coach, uh, Vic Fangio, stated that there's no racism in the NFL. Uh, he said, quote, I think our problems in the NFL along those lines are minimum. We're a league of meritocracy. You earn what you get. You get what you earn. I don't see racism at all in the NFL. I don't see discrimination in the NFL. We all live together, joined as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously if society reflected an NFL team, we'd all be great. Um, I know. I know. I played football at Platt in Meriden, uh, extremely diverse place. I know we got quite a few ballers on the on the line here. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I I and I I've told my wife this before. And she has a really hard time understanding it. That we didn't have racism in the locker room. That. Those dudes in that locker, those were my brothers. I didn't ever think twice about who's black, who's white. It wasn't like that. We never. There was never any racial issues. It's all love. It's all love. There were no clicks, you know. And and as a matter of fact, I was telling uh, JJ Vargas the story earlier today. Uh, We were playing against uh, Southington, a predominantly white team. We stuffed them at the goal line. Uh, Their running back who got stopped uh, at the goal line tossed the football in our direction and and uttered the n-word uh and i immediately reacted with a bear claw to the side of his head and i got the 15 yard penalty you know look the the n-word doesn't offend me but it offended i i I still felt it because he was talking to all of us and that was wrong and so absolutely i I agree with Vic to a certain degree and yes I, i i think if 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 everybody sort of was was of that mindset that black White, Hispanic, Asian, no matter what you are, we're a team. And, and this, this, is, this is the same with your high school football team as it is for this country. We're all on the same team. We all want the same things. We all want life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We want to be able to go and, and get in our car and drive somewhere. And if there's a headlight out, I shouldn't die. I shouldn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should die because they have a headlight out or because they wrote a bad check. That, that's an insane world that we live in, and I mean, not only, not only for blacks and, and, and minorities, but the police should never shoot anybody who's not in the middle of a violent crime. Amen. I have a real problem with anybody, black, white, or whatever, being killed by the police. If you're not posing a threat, if you're not coming straight off a triple homicide I have a really hard time, and I've been saying this for quite a few years. I have a really hard time with police killing people, and there they're, so they're, they're they're hasn't been – correct. You're supposed to serve and protect, and it, it seems like that hasn't been happening. And again, look, we, we can have the good cop, bad cop argument. We know most cops are good, and they do their job. So are most pilots. You know, right. it, I'm, I, I don't, I'm no, not trying no. to make a joke, but look, if, if you're a bad pilot, buddy, I mean, yeah. you, you make one mistake, and that's the only one you Maybe you, you get. shouldn't
6: be a pilot anymore, right? Uh, well, there you I
1: go. Will. If you can't look. do the job, then find something else <laughs> to do.
4: I will always support law enforcement, but I will not ever respect a bad cop. I won't ever approve like that guy. I, I'm sorry. None of those guys, they got what they deserved.
8: You know what that is? That's a that's a bully, man. That's a bully. Yeah, Cuz right. finally yeah. the first time they get their badge and their gun, they walk around saying, you know, you can't do
4: nothing. Yep. And, and I don't I know. Get
5: in on, on the on the police
8: enforcement
5: point. I think that, you know, you made a great point about it starts at home. I think another change that could happen is the hiring process of these policemen. I feel yeah. like the hiring process needs to be more thorough. The background searches need to be more thorough. I think people in the community, especially the black community, should be involved in the hiring of these policemen in one way or another. I also think with that same point that people from the community, you know, hopeful, hopeful black men that want to make a change in those communities should aspire to be policemen for that community because they know it better than anybody else. And when you put an outsider in a situation that he doesn't know that he doesn't know well, you know, who knows how he's gonna react. 100% anybody, agree. Anybody that comes from this from this place, he knows the people. He knows how they act. He knows the businesses, the peoples, the families. He's more prone to act more appropriately in a, in a hostile situation where things go out of script.
4: Those go cops, ahead, those cops deserved what they got. Plain and simple. I hope they never see the light of day again because it's it, like I said. I can't watch, I won't watch the whole video. I just can't.
5: And I, and I think it's unfortunate that you know because of these four bad cops, you know it does present that oh. Possibly yep. all cops are bad when there really are good policemen out there that really do take their job seriously and want to help the everyday man. And these bad apples, they just get a little bit too much power in their head. Just use it the wrong way. Yep. I'll tell
1: you what what's what's brought me to tears in the last few days is watching the police who are taking a knee with protesters in honor of George Floyd. And I take this as a step in the right direction and acknowledgement that, hey, we sometimes screw up and we don't do our job right. And look, it's not fair to blame this on all police officers, but every police officer bears some responsibility. Okay, that's just the way it is. Okay, just like any time an athlete does it, it's a black mark for the entire league. Same thing for the police. We know that the police and and, and their, their union guys, I like unions. And I understand how unions work, and, and sometimes it's unfortunate you end up having to defend those bad apples. I think this is time for now where the police, like J.J. said, take a look at your hiring practices.
8: Mm-hmm. Hey, I know, to... Joe, I know. I was denied three times for Yale.
1: Is that right? He, if, so, there's, if there's
4: somebody that knows the whole process and has gotten rejected, I mean, not to uh, rejected. And you know what's funny? I, I the it. first
8: time I, I got farther in the uh, the process the first time than I did the second and the third time.
3: Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I went through the hiring process in Harford, So I know exactly what JJ's saying because one of the things that I did was when I took my physical that day, I watched what was coming through the door. I saw what was coming through the door. So it was like, are you serious right now? You can stop this. I mean, there's a polygraph proxy. There's a polygraph section. You got to take a polygraph test. If you ask the right questions, you can weed out the problems. I said, but, you know, most people don't realize, I mean, I'm a – I'm an educator by trade. You know, I do research on things and I know things. You know, back in 2008, the FBI put out a report that a lot of white supremacists and KKK members were going to flood the urban areas. It's not by happenstance that these things are happening. They could have weeded these things out. You know, they waited for a little while. And President Obama signed a blue protection bill, which now pretty much federalizes the police and they pretty much have almost like diplomatic immunity. So we have to be very careful with 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 just the laws and just knowing how we work things but going back i didn't want to go back off subject what we're doing with the dick um dick vangio about the whole um no racism in the nfl i mean my cousin's doug williams a lot of people don't know that um when he was getting drafted you know skip skip um and from skipping shannon said he took it he did a story he went to grambling and he said doug should have been the number one pick but one of the racist things that were going on in the NFL was the fact that quarterbacks, black quarterbacks didn't have the mental capacity to, to carry a team, which we know was a bunch of nonsense because Doug ended up going on to be win the first Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Then you have Warren mm-hmm. Hoon, Then you have, you know, so many others that came into the league, you know, Randall Cunningham that were able to dispute this. <laughs> so I mean, then you look at the fact that now they just they just with the Rooney rule. They were gonna do incentives for player, you know, for, for teams to bring in minority coaches. I mean, I know the Giants fans. i to this day, I'm I'm scratching my head. I want to know who this coach you got. He's from New England, wide receivers coach. You could have had Eric B. Enemy from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Two years yeah. in a row, he had the best offense. But these are the things we're talking about where guys don't get a chance. Byron which is in the league. He's an offensive coordinator. He couldn't get a shot. That could, that could piggyback off your off your topic, right there. we talking about a league that's about
5: 70 75% black, and there's only three black head coaches out of the 32 available pots. That's I, right. see something wrong. I really see something yeah. wrong with that picture. You have Ron Rivera that's not in Washington. He's a minority coach, so you can right. say it's more. Yeah. But, but, you know, you have a lot of these guys that are really good offensive coordinators to defensive coordinators that, you know, look like they're being in a position to get a job. Like you said, Eric Domenici should have been, you know,
0: offered an opportunity in a location, but he didn't, you know. <laughs> but I also feel that the coaches themselves, not the owners, I think the coaches themselves, when they established their coaching staff, that they are responsible to make sure that the coaching staff is also okay. diverse. And that's how, and, hold on, and that's how you build, make them build that resume so that they could be competitive to be head coaches. And that way we'll see more African Americans as coaches.
1: No, really, slow down. No, look, Jay, Jay already nailed it. Look, I, you know, and I'll tell you what, Jay, I wanted Eric B. Enemy. I also wanted the Giants to draft uh, Dwayne Haskins with their first pick. I thought that was the right quarterback. And a lot of Giants fans, sadly, uh, tried to pass him off like he's a running quarterback, which is baloney and doesn't, doesn't bear up. He was, a, it was a
4: pocket passer. Anybody that watched the at Ohio say I'm an Ohio State fan. He was a pocket
1: passer. A bunch of baloney. Stop talking. Just stop watching. It was clear again. there was a portion of the New York media that really didn't want a black quarterback didn't want a black coach. I remember when I saw Joe Judge, Patriots special teams coach, I, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, who is this person? What kind of – the Patriots. Are you kidding me?
7: I hit and, them with and, the and house. I, like, that was my immediate like, thought,
1: Jay, was, my God, how come Eric bien can't catch a break? How many – how how unbelievable does this guy's offense have to be? This guy's a former player. This guy was a stud in college. I mean, this guy, this guy is a great – Great. He also
4: has Patrick Mahomes. though. So. Patrick Mahomes does solve, does solve oh. a lot of problems. Let me he tell you something. Let me
1: tell you something. I'm not sure Patty Mahomes would be as good if he didn't have what? Eric Bieniemy telling well, him what to do. I, I mean, yeah, well, he well, wouldn't. He has Andy
4: Reid. He's as Andy Reid. He's going to be the next Chiefs head coach. Andy Reid's going to leave soon. Andy Reid's but honestly, bah, he does a problem. Bah, bah, bah. But we know Make the NFL sure. has a problem.
8: <laughs> because that's why they put an incentive in for yes. you to hire a coach, to hire a GM, to hire an owner. That's why they did things like that, because of that, because they know there's a problem. They don't want to say it out loud. So what do you do when you have a problem? You try to incentivize someone. Well, here, I'll give you five bucks if you do this. You know what I mean? I'll give I'll give you a higher draft pick if you hire a black coach or if you hire a black
1: GM. It shouldn't be like that. It should just be norm. Well, exactly. hold, hold on. It's not even if you hire. It's if you follow the process. I you know. If I, believe it, in, I believe that if you, you hire hire. Look, here, here's the problem with the Rooney rule, and, and here's, the, here's why it, it needed to be overhauled, okay? I, I remember when Mike Nolan got hired as a 49ers head coach, okay? They all but announced they were making that hire. And then they went around and they started calling all the usual standby black coaches, hey, can you just come in for an interview to a job that you have no chance of getting? How absolutely demeaning and insulting to a black man, hey, I just need a couple token black guys here so I could check some boxes. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. It's a dirty, disgusting shame that the NFL has to incentivize hiring black coaches with draft picks. That's insulting. And for, listen, for anybody who wants to be like, well, the government doesn't need to get involved. When the government doesn't get involved, this is what happens. You have three black coaches out of 32 teams in a league with 77% of black players. Are you kidding me? That's why the government has to intervene. That's why we have to have these laws. And you might look at it and be like, oh, it's like a special. Well, yeah, we're trying to even the friggin' playing
3: field because it's not even. We should have 20 coaches, 20 head coaches. I mean, Obi, I mentioned earlier about the coaches need to hire the guys. I said, it starts at the top. I said, because I remember Al Davis. Al Davis was a trendsetter. Al Davis hired the first Hispanic coach, Tom Flores. They gave him the first football, who's still not in the Hall of Fame. We won't get into that. But he hired the the first his um African American coach Art Shell, so Art Schell, he yeah. actual Art Shell. I mean, and also Al Davis was really the one of the first recruiters of going to the small black colleges and getting talent. You know, Gene Upshaw and all of those guys. That's where Jerry Rice came from. You know, Walter Payton. They all came from small schools in the South. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the first people to go out there and actually start recruiting black talent and getting people like that. So it actually starts with the ownership. The owners are just comfortable with who they see, which happened to look just like them. And that's what they do. But they have to be willing enough to go outside the box and bring some new people in, maybe at the Nail start of the, the college head. level or whatever.
1: Nail on the head. Once again from Jay, and let me throw this out to the white guys real quick. Okay. When, when most of the people doing the hiring are white and they're in an interview, and, look, I'll just look right across the room right here. If you guys all came at me, all things considered, similar resume, right? Ted, there's a good chance you and I probably have the most in common. We're close in age. We like each other. You know, we're we're both Italian-Americans. Jay, you and I are, are very similar in age. We kind of grew up in, in exactly the same generation, right? JJ's a little younger. Trevor's got the hair. You know, Tyler's... Uh, Tyler's a theater guy. You know yeah, what I mean? Um, what about look. me? What about me? What about me? Then there's OV. There's O-V-, 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 O-V- no, look. <laughs> Most of the time, When it boils down to look, you guys all have the same resume. I'm a white guy. Probably going to hire the white guy, too. He's also a Yankee yeah, fan. You, his, well, he,
4: and he his, said, his, said it best. His comfortability. It's comfortability. I mean, it's, he's right but about it. it. But, say,
1: it but it shouldn't be. You exactly. know, because we right. should, shouldn't get to that point. It we should be comfortable point. with everybody, and and let it's clear at this point, point we're still not. How,
5: let me follow up that point how you said how the coaches will hire most likely the white coaches, kind of like how Jay said earlier about how these in the hiring process of these cops, they have to take the polygraph test instead of having uh, a white guy coming in for the job getting questioned by five white guys. Put three black guys and two white guys and see how he answers the questions. So fill in the room with five black guys so they could see how he reacts under the pressure Four. in that situation because you never know. You you, how you Like if you have somebody in an environment for long enough, you're going to see through the person's personality.
8: JJ, can I jump in with you on that? The only thing I was also going to say, sure. and this happened for me when I got hired here at Yale, was after I went through all the bosses and all the regular interviews, my colleagues now – I had an interview with them. So, what I'm saying is, if you had a committee, a team committee, whatever your team leaders are, your representatives, had some type of meeting with a coach, you get a feel mm-hmm. for a coach. Think about it. You would have a little bit, maybe having, now listen, I know the players are not hiring those guys, but they're the ones got to participate and be part of the coach's future, right? So, if you got one of your defensive linemen, you got one of the offensive linemen, you got a defensive back, you got some of these voiceless team leaders to have a part and say to who they are going to be working with could be at least a helpful – they're not going to make the final decision, but it could be a helpful progress going forward with the coaches because, listen, if we've learned anything from sports, that, that communication between coach and player, that respect goes a hell of a long way. You see some of these guys when they work with these coaches and the love and the passion that they have for these guys. You, you hear like LT when he talks about Belichick. You know what I mean? And Parcells, he used to get he could ride them a certain way. But there was such a respect between the two guys that can go such a long way. Like Kareem and um, John Wooden too.
3: Also,
5: I would say that in the NFL, you know, I think that the higher hubs have have a stronger stranglehold in that whole situation with a higher process. Unlike the NBA, you know, guys in the NBA have more star power. LeBron was able to fire David Blatt and get Tyron Lewin in there. So, you know, that. You know, they have more to say in their league than the NFL players do. Everybody else. what Exactly. Such a the NFL league. players should be more empowered to to have more and say who they want in their locker room, what assistants they want in there, what coaches. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's the one that's really trying to come together to win the championship. Upstairs make it happen, but the players are in their environment most times and not the owners, are.
3: I mean, considering like what's going on right now, I mean, I heard Brian Dawkins talk and he said two coaches that made made an influence on him were two black coaches, like Ray Rhodes. And he said, and the only reason why he said, because the situations that were going on, they could relate because they gone through similar situations that he did. So that's what that's basically on you. You know, you just want to get, you want to get familiarity, but then again, I, like, like Joe said, I grew up here in new Britain, you know, one of the things with the coaches that we grew up with, they were part of our community. Like when I first started playing football, the police were, they were part of our community. Those are our coaches. So I really didn't experience a lot of that. The, the, the police brutality and stuff, because my coaches, they were, they were my friends. They were, they were father figures to us. So that stuff never really bothered us here. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those situations, I guess, you know, you got to look at it as you look at your individual experiences and what you've gone through and, you got to take it from there. It really,
1: it really does come down to love and respect. You know, um, when, when, when you, I mean, look, I had a beloved high school football coach, Tom Ryan, who um, I I, I can't remember there. Maybe 20 years straight where he had a black kid living with him and his wife um, who had some sort of familial issue. And he would, he would take these kids in, Um, you know, Again, to 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 grow up in a in a diverse city like Meriden to go to a school like Platt, where, you know, um, I just learned to be comfortable around everybody because you didn't really have a choice and it was either sink or swim. You know, I I also came from a parochial school, Jay. So you know, if it wasn't for playing little league baseball, I would have gone in a into a public school in in the tenth grade not knowing anybody. So I had sports. You know, I had friends on the football team and the baseball team that I had played with when I was a kid. And, man, what a difference it made because I had always been respectful and and, and kind to these guys. I got there, and it was like, oh, hey, finally, we get you in our midst. Um, <laughs> and like I said, you know, in, in the locker room with these guys, like brothers. I mean, never never had an issue, never thought twice yeah. about it, never, never, you know, we, we didn't. There was no racial slurs. There was none of that. Uh, and it would be nice to see. America sort of ad- adopt that approach to everything. Uh, well, Joe, Jay said, it,
8: Jay said it perfectly. It's kind of where you're surrounded. how you're brought up, where you're from. You know, we were originally grew up in West Haven, so you got a mixed culture in West Haven. If you know West Haven, you know it's total blend of mixed cultures. Then I moved to a city in North Haven. Now, when I first moved there in 96, I'm telling you, when I went to school, it was like 95% white Italian, and then everything else, the 5% was either Jewish, black, or whatever else, okay, whatever. As things change, it was funny because when I came to town, it was so different. It was such a different world because where I came from, there was such a mixture of cultures and people and, and just personalities where when you moved to North Haven, predominantly Italian white town, there was a lot of cliques, a lot of cliques, yep. and mm-hmm. you see that. Now, when I went to college, I I went, that too. and I went to Western Connecticut in Danbury, When I played on the football team, we had 100 guys. And I'm telling you, it was probably 60-40, white, black. I mean, it was close, mixture. And there was no issues whatsoever with locker rooms, player, because I think in the biggest part of, I think what we're all trying to say is, we all had one goal. The problem in society is no one has one ultimate goal. When we're all on the same football team, now if we were a football team right now, our ultimate goal is to come together as a team, be the best possible team every week and be one and O and then to win the championship. The problem is in society, everyone has their own individual goals. And we've talked about this on the sports shows, especially with me and Trev, Joe and you, I said, this world is an individual society. There's no such thing as team no more. When you watch sports center, what do you see? You see an individual play. You don't, they don't talk about the guy that made the pass. They talk about the guy that got the slam dunk. Well, who got the rebound? Who had the pass? If we're not, working together as a team you never get anything if it's like well i just want to make the better world a better place for myself well all right well how does that affect your brother how does it affect the neighbor that's the problem where i think sometimes we want to relate it to sports but in society people don't look at it as in sports they look at it as how can i make the world a better place for myself and not for the team
4: yeah you have to think about yourself first but i mean Plain and simple, yeah, you're 100 right about that. I agree with everything you said. It's like a football. I mean, like, am, what? Am like I what, am um, wrong? This am I, I? Am I wrong? wrong have, that? I'm asking. You have have, hold on, we have to have a sit down conversation as a country.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Left, right. This isn't about Republican, Democrat. This is about right versus wrong. And I know there's going to be uncomfortable conversations in there, but let's grow up, people. There's a bigger issue than your egos and that's the problem right now We, we have so many big time egos in this country that i know that we try to agree with one or the other and that's why we have such a that's why we're so we always are arguing with one another we have to sit down conversation as a country and have uncomfortable conversations hey guess what uncomfortable conversations lead to good things in anything relationships friendships family members uncomfortable conversations help and that's what we need to do. Herm Edwards said it best. We have to have a sit down and guess what? You have to face the facts. And if not, then there's the problem. I mean, you're just going to continuously show what the problem is in the country. And I wanted to share you guys with something because
0: all that you said is great, but there's one key element that y'all missing. And I want you all to hear this real quick. Um, so don't go away real quick. And it's a video clip from the rock and you can hear the rest of his speech on his Instagram, or you could go on ESPN.com and check it out. So listen in. Uh, Here we go.
2: Where is our leader? Where are you? Where is our leader at this time? At this time when our country is down on its knees, begging,
3: pleading, hurt, angry, Frustrated,
2: in pain, begging and pleading with its arms out, just wanting to be heard, begging and pleading and praying for change.
3: Where are you? Where is our compassionate leader who's going to step up to our country, who's down on its knees and extend a hand
2: and say, you stand up, stand up with me, stand up. With me,
7: because I got you.
2: I got you. I got you. I hear
7: you. I'm listening to you.
1: A powerful words from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, a man who uh, I hear a lot of people say he should run for president. Uh, and you, to hear him speak like that, you know, uh, I think, and again, I don't want to make this about politics, but it would be nice if we did have a president Uh, who would come out and speak and and talk about that idea of one common goal and us all sort of working together to figure out what the right thing to do going forward is or to try to quell uh, the anger that is being felt all throughout this country. It's almost shocking, uh, especially in an election year, uh, that the president of the United States hasn't come out Ovi and, and literally said, look, everybody calm down. Let's let me be the adult in the room. This is like literally Donald Trump's big moment where, look, he's talks all the time about being a friend of the African-American community. We'll do something now.
0: Yeah, absolutely correct. And it's shocking that we have to live in this era right now, the way things are. And we need a leader. And I could carry out what the Keys brothers were saying is that we could make the discussion we could do so much but the key thing is we need that leader who's going to lead the way to the promised land you know we, we've dealt with this decade after decade there's always an incident and I feel like we're taking a step back every time and we discuss this so when are we actually going to make this change when are we going to move forward this is too much too much and I can't stand it but we only could do what we can at home And like everyone on the platform was saying, it starts at home. I got little ones that I'm teaching that everybody's equal. And one example, I say, hey, it don't matter if you're white, black, brown, or whatever it is, green, I don't care. All right? When you cut yourself, what color is that? Everybody bleeds red. We're all the same no matter what. We may come from different places, but at the end of the day, it's all about respect, and we need to respect one another. I don't have to like you. I don't have to do anything like that. I don't have to be your friend, but I will respect you. And we're together. We will work together on this. And I know I'm 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 talking because throughout this whole process from last week to now, I, I have mixed emotions. I'm upset. I'm sad. I want to do something. I I, I it's I'm it's crazy. Sometimes I want to punch somebody or whatever the case may be. It's just it's everything's in me, and we shouldn't even be this way. This is year 2020. And and we're we're at this. Unbelievable.
1: Look, it's been a crazy year. Um, I think there's already tempers flaring because of the lockdown, the quarantine, the misinformation there. You know, I, I think people are already on edge. And so, you know, you compound that with. The killing of another black man. And I'll tell you, you know, I mean, the second I saw that video, Officer Shalvin and that look on his face, um, I think that for me was what made this one. I hate to say worse, but like worse, you know, I mean, to, for me, Eric Garner uh, to me goes down as the one of the worst incidents of police brutality where a man who sold a cigarette and didn't pay like the quarter tax to New York City, was choked to death on the street by five police officers. I mean, that was pretty bad. But to see the look on the police officer's face as he as he knelt on George Floyd's neck was so disgusting. And I, I think for the most part, most people I've spoken to understand... This was murder. And that these situations, and again, I hear people, they're going to start complaining about uh, 13% of the population commit 50% of the crimes because they're over-policed. Black people are over-policed. Minorities are over-policed in this country. And I think most white people don't get it. Here's the thing. I like to tell a story to my white friends about an incident I was involved in several years ago where um, I'm pretty sure if I was a black dude... I would probably still be in prison. Um, I didn't even get in trouble. So, uh, you know, I understand what white privilege is. I remember the first time I heard that term, I was offended by it. I thought my life's not easy. Um, And then someone explained, think about the worst moments that you've had interacting with police or otherwise. And then imagine if you were black and that happened. Uh, and the second that happened, I was like, "Oh my God!" I feel like a horrible person. Jeez, uh, I've gotten away with so much in my life. I don't even think twice about it. Uh, Joe, and, and that's so- why I had the
4: argument. We had those arguments a couple of years ago, me, you, and Ted before shows about when this all first stirred up by Colin Kaepernick. I understand. I mean, four years later, I understand. I mean, I know it's four years late, but I get it. I I, I feel for the African American culture. I really do. <clears throat> You know, it's, it's tragic. It's sad. I have no issue with what the protesters are doing right now. They're peaceful. I didn't say the the rioters or the people that are just stealing stuff and destroying these businesses, these cities, and people's lives. I'm not talking about those people. Forget about that. Yeah. The protesters, what they are doing. I mean, you want you. We got to come together, and Guys. people are trying to finally do something about
1: it. I appreciate you saying that, Trevor. You guys don't even understand the conversations that I had with Ted and Trevor. Uh, You know, I mean, again, I'm not trying to brag, but from day one of Colin Kaepernick's protest, um, I read and I listened to what Colin said. Uh and if you don't know the whole entire uh Colin Kaepernick story with, with um uh Nate Boyer, the Green Beret and four NFL player, yeah. and how that evolved from sitting on the bench to kneeling mm-hmm. because he wanted to respect the military. We we had talked about that. And and again, Trevor, I'll give you all the credit in the world because you're a good white person now. Um you <laughs> listen, no, I am serious. No, I'm, listen, I'm
4: serious. I know I, I no, I get what you're saying. Guys, Just, he
1: had to shake years and up. years and years of believing there's a level playing field that black people who are acting out just you know uh like it's on them that 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 there there was no bigger problem that poverty the poverty cycle in the ghetto isn't isn't put in place to keep black people where we want them and i don't mean me but you know what i mean um that 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 these <laughs> again i talked right off the top of the show we talked uh, yeah. about bank loans, business loans, home loans I mean it's it's not just police brutality the black experience in America I can understand why black athletes don't want to stand for the national anthem because again I hear that song and it does it makes me cry it's a beautiful song I think of justice and I think of I do think of World War II and I think of the Civil War and 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 where you know Americans told other Americans you can't do that you can't have slaves man and and, and we'll fight you for it. You know, and anybody who tells you the Civil War wasn't about slavery is probably a white supremacist. Um, Uh,
6: It was about states' rights, Joe. Yeah, states' rights. It was only about states' rights to
0: own slaves.
1: Hey, Joe. (laughs) um, Yes, sir.
0: To to try to conclude this, I know we we went over time and everything, uh, but I want to say one thing. Uh, I said, thought in my head, I contacted Joe and I said, hey, we need to do a show. We need to come back. And those of you that know all four downs, we normally, we discuss football and everything else. But I thought that this topic was very important to address the issues. We have a responsibility since we have the tools to communicate and spread the word. Uh, look, Look at the screen viewers. I have a white, Italian, Puerto Rican, and black. And I did that for a purpose. Not only because we're all, you know, most of us are like family, we'll be with a hashtag CMG podcast and everything else, but there's a purpose, you know, it's diversity. You know, I grew up in diversity from New Britain, Connecticut, Uh, and I was an equal opportunity officer when I was in the military, and I believe in that, and I believe in this platform, and I believe that we all could work together. You know, I wasn't around in the 60s. I wasn't around around, uh, any of those times. But one thing that we should learn, and the more the story is, is that we all could get along if we're educated properly, okay? And it starts from home. It starts from, one, how you vote to be the leader of your town. Who's your mayor? Who's your alderman? Who's, who you vote for Congress? Who, who's your vote for president? I mean, it goes, there's so much factors into this. So pay attention. And if you're not registered to vote, vote. All right. If there's something you're not doing, don't, don't be afraid. Let's start doing it. Let's make it happen. Change comes from one person, honestly. And that's you, yourself. How are you going to portray everything that we talked about? What are you learning? Because I tell you what, the media, its a, to me, sometimes it's a shit show. Excuse my language. All right. Because sometimes it could be a positive, but most of the time it's a negative because they just want news. But what are you going to do in your house what are you going to do in your local community and how are you going to spread the wealth so that we definitely have change now, i don't want to wait 20 30 years i want i want to do this now and that's what we need to do now i know everyone's going to debate everyone going to come up with excuses it's not about excuses it's about doing action speaks louder than words and that's the bottom line here and i and i would like to conclude that that hey Number one word that we need to focus is diversity and respect. Joe, any last words on that?
1: I absolutely do. Uh, First of all, Ovi, thank you for uh, asking us to do this. You know, this show will be back uh, next week and we will talk about football. We will actually uh, talk about football, college football, NFL, and some exciting XFL news But, I, I, you know, when you asked me to do this, Ovi, I started hitting up uh, as many of the podcasters as I can because, as you put it like this, look, we have a platform. We have a nice, diverse group of podcasters, of white guys, black guys, Hispanic guys, and gals. And you know what? Um, Every single person I talked to um, was excited about the prospect of being on the show and talking about this. Uh, So thank you so much for doing that. And thank you to all of you guys. Uh, for coming on here and Absolutely. giving your opinions, uh, and and sharing your experiences, especially you, Jay. Um, you know, you you live the life, man, and 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 you know you you've been a lo- around a long time. Not to make you feel old, but you know you've seen it. We we you and I've been seeing this <laughs> yeah, for for talk, forty talk. some odd years, man.
3: Yeah, I mean, be honest with you. I mean, what we have learned, guys, we can unlearn. Um. Pull your kids to the side and just talk to them. Have that talk. I mean, Ovi and I worked at the same school. I mean, I'm going to cut this real short, but I know we got to go. But Ovi and I worked at the same school, and I had a little guy. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan, just like me, a little white kid, kindergarten. And every time since this situation has come up, I've cried at nights because I've been thinking to myself that somebody's going to have a conversation with that little guy, and he's not going to look at me the same way. And that shouldn't be it. You know, that shouldn't be it. It should be all about the, the, us, us working with our, our babies and making sure the future is going to be right because, like I said earlier, the younger generation is going to be the force that's going to get, get us by. And I commend you guys, the younger generation. Just keep talking to one of us because the only way we're going to get this over with is through dialogue and talk. It may be uncomfortable at times, but this is the only way we do it. We've got to, we have to continue yeah, to keep talking yeah. and understanding that we have respect for one another. And Hector said it the best. As a Christian, I'm going to follow Christian myself. Treat, treat your, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your mm-hmm. I'm like you know, amen. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. I may never be
4: able to
6: understand your struggle, but I stand with you, and we will get through this together.
3: Hey, absolutely. We're hey. at the end, and we're all brothers at the same. Like if we, like you said, line us all up, prick right. our fingers. If it's turned red, now if hey, you prick we, one of our fingers and it turns green, we got a problem. But we're going that <laughs> hey, we hey,
0: to. Hey, one more thing. Hey, Hector, my- you've been kind of quiet over there, man. I know you're absorbing everything. What's your last words?
7: Yeah, I I agree with everybody. You know, we have to... It starts at the home, you know? I mean We have to be the leaders of our home because we don't have that leadership as a country. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? We have to be able to educate our kids because none of us are born racist. It is a taught thing. Okay? I mean, so... I mean, I grew up in the streets of New York, okay, and in a predominantly Hispanic and black neighborhood, but that doesn't mean that I'm racist towards white folks or any other race. Okay, it's a law, is a taught process. And I was not taught that, and we should not teach that to the next generation. We want our next generation to fix what we are messing up right now, because our first amendment is being violated to the utmost max right now. And it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The peaceful protesters are getting shot down. Okay, being yeah. hurt, being arrested, for no apparent reason. And this is very disgusting, especially coming from me as a veteran, seeing this. This is not what our country is supposed to be about. And with other countries looking at us, fighting amongst ourselves, we're gonna fall for, every, for anything. We're becoming a weak link as a country because we're fighting amongst ourselves instead of sticking together and fighting against other countries who are trying to take us down. And The Rock put it the right way. Where is our leader at? I got two things. Heath Ledger
4: said something in the in the dark night, and it's true. These civilized people are going to eat each other. And guess what? We're seeing that right now. People are literally killing each other, and it's just tragic. We need to seek love, not hate. And that's the problem right now. we got to seek love. Equality, plain and simple, ladies and gentlemen. Ta-
1: Look, no one likes looting, and no one... Wants to see violence in our streets. We all love America. But in different ways and for different reasons. I won't defend the destruction of property, but I understand the right to protest and the right to be angry. Black Lives Matter has been trying to keep this peaceful, but there are many people taking advantage of the situation. And T-F- I'm looking in your direction. This isn't your platform. And it isn't your fight. There are also rogue cops, white supremacists, and other right-wing elements trying to stoke the flames. And the criminal element, well, they're the ones that are doing all the looting. It seems most people on both sides of the aisle agree George Floyd was murdered. But some people want to focus the conversation now on the looting. But the National Guard's been activated, and I'm pretty sure you could leave it to them, and you won't have anything to worry about. In the meantime, we do have a problem that we can and do need to fix. Systemic racism is a part of this country's history. And no, you shouldn't be punished for the sins of your ancestors. But the black community has been held down for a long time, and they're sick of it. And you should be too. Thank you for watching this special episode of All Four Downs. For Jay Green, Victor Vasquez, Ovi Munez, Trevor, and Teddy Keys. And for Tyler Bard, I am Joe McGuire. Make sure you give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter, All4Downs. You can also check us out at hhwshow.com or visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash All4Downs. Until next time, thanks for watching.